0: If you watched or listened many of my episodes, you know what my favourite site is. If I could only recommend one site in Salzburg to you, it would be the Hohen Salzburg Fortress. First of all, because of the three viewing platforms, but also because of the building, the museums, the funicular and the history that is inseparably linked to the city itself. That's what this episode will be about. This episode is about the history of the Hohen Salzburg Fortress. Welcome to Salzburg! My name is Gerhard, I am the founder of the Free Walking Tour Salzburg and the goal with this podcast is to introduce you to Salzburg. Now when was the Hohen Salzburg first built? The year of construction of the Hohen Salzburg Fortress is said to be 1077. That's because that was the year of the trip to Canossa of Henry IV. Henry IV went to Canossa to Pope Gregory VII to ask for forgiveness. He was previously excommunicated by the Pope in the investiture dispute, a very complicated matter that actually took almost 200 years. Too long to elaborate in this episode. It is important for us, however, that the Salzburg Archbishop was on the side of the Pope, while most of the neighboring rulers were on the side of the Emperor. For this reason, Salzburg had to be fortified. However, the first fortification was only a wall and a residential tower, but enough to make Henry's life considerably harder. When Henry returned from Canossa, he had to walk over the mountains instead of through the valley because of the newly built fortifications. In the oldest part of the fortress, parts of the initial tower are still contained. To finish the fortress as we know it, however, it took another 600 years. Not 600 years of continuously building, but occasional upgrades and adaptions to more modern times. Now let's find out when and why the most significant changes were made in the course of history. One name that you frequently hear on the fortress is Leonard von kreutschach Leonard von kreutschach is also known as the last knight of Salzburg. The greatest progress in the construction of the fortress was made around 1500 under his reign. At that time, Leonard von kreutschach was Archbishop of Salzburg. He is said to have been the last medieval ruler of the city. Because of his authoritarian style of leadership, he angered the Salzburg population. For this reason, he expanded the fortress with the staterooms from a defensive structure to a residence. He needed distance from his underlings. The first cistern goes back to him. With the cistern, rainwater was collected so that the water supply was secured even in the event of a siege. The peasants' revolt for which Leonhard prepared the fortress occurred, but only with Leonhard's successor, Matthäus Lang. After he was unable to leave the fortress for three months, besieged by his own people, he expanded the Hohensalzburg fortress again. Among other things, with an even larger cistern, the one you can see today in the main yard. Traces of this section of the history of Hohensalzburg fortress can be found practically everywhere. Leonard von Koetschek's coat of arms can be found 58 times on the walls of the fortress Now The next archbishop that made changes was Paris-Lodron during the Thirty Years' War. Another archbishop's coat of arms can be seen not only in the fortress, but throughout the city. It's the lion with the pretzel tail that Archbishop Paris-Lodron used. Paris-Lodron was the archbishop during the Thirty-Year War. The Thirty-Year War was a war of faith between Catholics and Protestants during the first half of the 17th century. And even though, Salzburg archbishops were strictly Catholic, Salzburg did not take part in this war. This was thanks to the clever policies of Paris-Lodron, who ruled the city of Salzburg throughout the war. In some parts of Europe, 30% of the population fell victim to the war, while Paris-Lodron completed the castle, founded the university, and further fortified the fortress in the city of Salzburg. He is one of the reasons why Salzburg became the baroque city it still is today. Further fortification was important because they didn't know how the war was going. Warfare has also changed. Artillery became more and more important. These artilleries were too big and too heavy to be carried up the towers. Therefore, bastions were created platforms on which the guns could be pushed around at ground level. In addition, the enemy's cannonballs had less effect on the star-shaped bastions while the defender could fire in all directions. This is the reason why there are viewing platforms. The bastion in the south of the fortress, the one you arrive at when you take the funicular, is one of them. That's the one from which you have the most wonderful view of the Alps. Now when was the Hohensalzburg Fortress completed? The last structural change in the history of the Hohensalzburg Fortress is the Kuenburg Bastei, the bastion that towers over the old town with a huge coat of arms of the Kuenburg family facing the cathedral. It was built at the end of the 17th century because there was fear that the Turks could advance to Salzburg, which in the end didn't happen. In fact, the Hohen Salzburg fortress was never successfully attacked and is therefore the best preserved fortress in all of Europe. Now when did the fortress cease to function as a fortress? In the history of the Hohen Salzburg Fortress, as I said, it was never successfully attacked. But when Napoleon won the battle at Walserfeld near Salzburg against the Habsburgs in 1800, the fortress was handed over to the French without even fighting. After the Napoleonic War, Salzburg became part of Austria in 1816, making the fortress the property of the Habsburg Empire. The fortress was still a restricted military area until 1860, but could then since walls became increasingly useless for military purpose, be visited by the civilian population. Only when the Habsburg monarchy was abolished with the First World War, did the fortress become the property of the state of Austria. Austria then gave it to Salzburg in 2016 for the 200th anniversary of Salzburg being a part of Austria. And what about the funicular to the fortress? Since when is there a funicular? After the fortress was abandoned as a military-restricted area, it became what it currently is – a tourist attraction. And since climbing the fortress was already hard back then, they had to think of something. The so-called Tröpfahlbahn – Dripping Train – was built and opened in 1892. This funicular worked in such a way that water was pumped from the Alm canal, Salzburg's old canal system, up the mountain and into one of the cars of the funicular. So much water that the loaded gondola was heavier than the top and then the top one below which was loaded with people. So much water in fact that the gondola on top was heavier than the gondola on the bottom which was loaded with people. The gondola loaded with water then pulled up the gondola loaded with guests, pulled them up the mountain. In addition, the horse tram from the Salzburg Central Station was extended to the fortress funicular a year later, so you could come to Salzburg by train, then take the horse tram to the funicular and the funicular up to the fortress. This system worked until 1960, until after the Second World War, but it was very impractical and the fortress railway could not be operated in winter because it was too cold and the water would freeze. The Salzburger gave funicular to the Hohen Salzburg Fortress, the one we use today, was electrified in 1960. Today it is operated by the Salzburgi, G, which is the company from which we buy our electricity in Salzburg. The funicular is now in its fourth generation and takes you to the Hohen Salzburg Fortress in 40 seconds. It can take 1,800 people per hour. How much does the ride cost? A ticket for the funicular is only available in combination with the entry to the Hohensalzburg Fortress. This is because the funicular takes you straight into the fortress. In 2020 the fortress and the funicular launched a new ticket system. The new panorama ticket for 11 euros for adults allows you to visit the fortress without visiting the museums, while the basic ticket for 12.90 includes the museums and the all-inclusive ticket for 16.30. That's as of 2021, so it might increase in the future. Also, the staterooms of Leonhard von Kreutzschach are now included in the all-inclusive ticket. These are not included in the Salzburg card, for example. In my opinion, only the visit to the fortress itself is mandatory. I think the museums should be visited if you are interested in history, but since you have listened to this episode or watched on YouTube, it seems that you're interested. If so, I can only recommend the museums at the Hohensalzburg Fortress. Now, What's the conclusion from today's episode? The Salzburg Fortress not only gives the city of Salzburg, the Salt Fortress, its name, but its history is closely linked to the history of the city. What started as a simple defence system became the archbishop's second home and a way to retreat from the common people. It then became a military barrack during and after the Thirty Years' War and finally the second most visited tourist attraction in Austria after Schönbrunn Palace in Vienna. I already mentioned that if I could only recommend one attraction in Salzburg, it would be the Hohen Salzburg Fortress. That's why in the future you will find another episode that's a comprehensive visitor's guide to the fortress with tips on how to save money and even a trick that you could use to get into the fortress for free without the museums. Now, have a nice time in Salzburg. If you have any questions regarding the history of the Hohen Salzburg Fortress or anything else for that matter, you can contact me anytime by WhatsApp, email, on Facebook. I would be happy to see you on one of my tours if your visit to Salzburg is upcoming. Take good care. Bye-bye.